Early in the morning, totally devoted. Welcome back to the Goat Pod. I got a very special guest straight out of New Jersey by way of LA, where I met a Mr. RJ. Thank you so much for joining the show, my boy. Absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Goat Media 101. You know what it is, man. RJ's been here for the uh, for the weekend in Detroit, taking in some of the sites, uh, taking in some of the uh, you know the little neighborhoods. What do you think of Detroit so far? Honestly, I love the vibe here, man. It's like I go some places, the energy's a little weird, but Detroit, like. It's all love. The people here know what they appreciate, and yeah. I respect it big time, man. For sure, for sure. I saw you saw a little uh, a cup hookah in the parking lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> RJ's been getting up early and just enjoying uh, enjoying the outside, and uh, uh, you know he outside with it big time. Uh, <laughs> so um, you're going on a tour this summer. Yeah. All right. And tell me about some of the other stops in your tour and uh, what's the significance behind, you know, your travels this summer, 2014, uh, 2013. Yeah, 2023. Oh, my. What am I? <laughs> I, I got it. thrown off. I got thrown off by uh, by a post that, that I reposted <laughs> on my a story, um, my personal story, which is like, man, people saying old school music is like that. Oh, three, oh, four, oh, five. Like, man, we all, I'm old. But yeah, sorry. 2023, the the, the tour. Tell 2023, big tour, big summer. I mean, we started off in Miami and then we're going we went back to New York, and then we're here in Detroit. Then we go to Chicago next. We end up back in Miami again. And this is all really just to keep spreading the awareness of blunt art. A lot of people don't know what blunt art is, and it's something that I've really tried to to create. And I found a few other people in the country that do something similar. And for those that don't know, blunt art is essentially blunt wrappers that you smoke and stuff, and I use the packaging as upcycled art collage material. And I'll make something like a Spider-Man or Powerpuff Girls, and now I'm getting more into portraits like Kobe Bryant and Jim Morrison. But yeah, it's only blunt wraps, no paint. I search for these different colors and basically make a collage. And I've also been trying to add more like themes and messages and meanings to these pieces and not just like an exact kind of like replica of something. Right. So, the last big art show I had, it was the Von Gala 2.0, 2.1 in, um, in Jersey. We actually, Pierre came out. You know I made it out. To, man, yeah, you know I had to make it yeah, out It was for big that time. One. And I had this, this money bag series and four different pieces, and they all connected in telling the story, the financial journey of an artist. And the first one, you kind of start as this money-hungry person, finding your thing. You don't got a lot to work with. Yeah. Second phase kind of becomes this blind money. You're giving out gifts. You're doing investments. You don't know what's going to work, but you're trying it blindly. You got faith. Right. Third one, money machine. You find what works. You find your niche, and then you just become a machine. You're day and night. You're working. You're working. You're grinding, and then eventually you get to that smart money. Everything is paid off. You've reinvested stuff, and now you're chilling, man. And that's what I'm really keep trying to grow into my art, these different meanings because obviously it's all these characters that people know homer cause daffy duck pink panther i put my own twist on it with different shoes tims jordans new balance and yeah i just i even want another light i don't even know what it is yet but i want to keep yeah making this blunt art better and just more relatable and yeah hit the people where it hurts yeah yeah so when i saw this i thought it was uh uh, very unique, it, so unique that I question, uh, do you consider yourself the originator of it? Did someone inspire you? Um, talk to me a little bit about like how you got came up with the idea or maybe saw it or was inspired by a certain thing because um, the, the concept of it, which is, you know, each rapper has a story behind it. And just like 
in our lives and in our art, every little moment that we go through influences who we are in that moment. So how did you come up with this concept? Were you inspired by anybody or anything? So I kind of just came up with it on my own back in like 2015, 2016. I was living in New York at the time with some roommates. Yeah. And we all smoked blunts heavy and I would go pick some up and I'd be like, what kind of blunts you guys want? And they're like, oh, we don't care. Just go pick up whatever. And I was like, yo, we're spending a lot of money on these raps. We, We better start caring. So when I started just like taking into consideration the rappers I was buying, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to throw away the rappers. I'm going to just keep them because, like, it, it was just all money. It all came back to, like, I'm wasting money. It's like I'm smoking the money away kind of thing. And I was like, yeah. no, 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 let me, let me keep what I can and see what I could do with it. And then, like, I made this, like, big American flag because we were smoking games, all red and blue games only. <laughs> sure. And then I stopped for a while. And when the lockdown happened, I had thousands of rappers that I'd just been saving for that exact, like, recycling, money-saving reason. And I went crazy with it. And then when I found other people that did something similar with blunt rappers, they they incorporate paint into their thing. So it's like I still give them the blunt rap title and everything. Yeah. But I, I'm the only person I've seen that like only uses the rappers and yeah. stuff. No paint, no outlines, no like, yeah. So yeah. I'll say I'm originating. <laughs> I like that. So like for me, like you just touched on something that's like super profound, which is like you taking something that's universally considered trash. Okay, it's universally considered trash, but you said no, like this has value to me. And of that, you start saving things that have value to you, and then things that are seemingly of no value stacked up. And then with a little bit of art, they have value not only in your eyes, but in collectors' eyes, in buyers' eyes, and all the uh, people that not only support you, but that know you, but the people that don't know you and are super, truly inspired by. Uh, these stories that these pieces tell. So um, you talked a little bit about the Von Gala. Uh, before we get going, what is what does that mean? Who 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 organizes it? And what you know is is it an annual thing? Like what's going on with that? I, I've been yeah. to one, but I just know the one. I didn't go to the first one. So. Yeah, yeah. So the Von Gala is something that I I just wanted to do. Like when I came back from LA because I finished up college out there and I was living there for a while where we met. Yep. Um, I wanted to do something for everybody back home, and I was like. I'm making a movie. Uh, I, we filmed it together out in LA and yeah. I, I got a bunch of people involved in like the post-production process, doing the score, all locals to Jersey that I knew growing up. And then I had all these collage pieces. So I'm like, let me do like a two for one kind of like celebration, like a welcome back from from like the lockdown, from everything, like right. celebration of life is what I was calling it. And at the time <laughs> you're talking 2022. So like yeah. these are really finally starting to feel normal and you're like no we got to celebrate this normalcy absolutely (laughs) so i rented out like an art gallery down in like the meatpacking district of new york Mm -hmm. and then yeah black tie event i wanted to do it with the bang it was supposed to be you know just like a one-time thing then maybe i'll do more art shows here and there yeah but nah the von gala just had such like a gravitating like presence like like it resonated with so many people after the fact that I was like, no, 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 we got to do this again next year. Yeah. And then I even tried to make it more local the next year. Like, I brought it back to Jersey, like, right across the river. Not, not too crazy. We don't go South Jersey, but... <laughs> okay. I but, need to learn about that, man. You need to give me the tour chart like I gave you the tour when I come yeah, back. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, and then, like, we even made it more, like, down to earth. It was... I, I promoted it as, like, an underground art show, so nobody felt like they had to get too dressed up for this one, and it was just yeah. a consistency thing. So now... People see, like, we're really in it. We're doing it. So now this third one, we're trying to bring even more people into it. And especially 
I don't even want to like single out the cannabis community, but the whole message behind this next one is raising awareness for people that have been wrongfully incarcerated to marijuana. Yep. And they, I want people to see what we're doing with these blunt wraps and stuff because there's such a stigma behind like just smokers. I'm not even going to say marijuana, but just like right. smokers in general, they get written off as lazy or unmotivated and stuff. And I just think the proof's in the pudding here of what we're doing. Yeah, and that's not really fair, but I uh, will definitely will definitely talk a little bit about maybe a future Von Gala. Uh, but you talked about that first one, and you did graciously invite me. Thank you. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it, but you showed off um, the short film that we made together um, in uh, L.A. Talk to us a little bit about uh, Day Trip uh, and um, your experience making that um, as, a, as an amateur filmmaker. I was like day trip. That's that's my first. That's my first baby right there. I yeah. love day trip so much, mm-hmm. and it was actually a, a story that I've been trying to tell probably since like 2014. Yeah, and we didn't end up making it until 2020, and it was just a script that I was just loosely basing off what I had available, like yeah. access to locations, actors. Um, the script was experiences that I've kind of been through and I could relate to, and then almost embellish a bit in a, in a film theatrical sense. But yeah, it started off like in New York. And then when we moved to LA, like I just adapted the script. And then when the lockdown happened, I was like, dude, the whole acting industry is closed. I was, I was almost out of work basically besides my little stimulus checks. And yeah. I was like, nah, I got enough people here that are, that are about it. So I, I started to go fund me. I really hashed out this script and like table reads with actors that I just knew on the scene. We did some Zoom calls and stuff. And then, yeah, when the GoFundMe finished up, we had about $2,000. I assessed what we could. I was like, we'll film the whole thing on iPhones. I'm like, the iPhone camera is so good that if you compare it to like a camera from like the 1950s or something, there's classic films from the 1950s that that last the test of time. And it's about the story. For sure. So I'm like, the cameras we got, I'll put all the money into sound. Because the sound is like, you need that good boom operator, like totally. the mixer. It, it makes your life so much easier, trust me. So, yeah, and then paid a couple hundred bucks to an AD here, DP there. And then, yeah, we, we got it rolling. Like I said, I went back to Jersey, took care of all the post-productions. I teamed up with um, Bridge the Gap Productions, the great local-based um, Jersey production company. And, yeah, they helped me with the special effects and the score of the film, and I was able to debut it at the original first Von Gala. That's dope, man. That's dope. I uh, wish I would have been able to see the reception. Um, uh, as we talked about, like for me, I was super grateful to be asked to be part of this film. Um, it was, you know, something, you know, a little out of my comfort zone because I had never uh, acted on a, uh, in a, any type of short film or skit or anything like that. I, I had experience in stage so i had fun with it and uh it's like we we joke about it's not gonna win an academy award but it's our baby you know what Absolutely. i mean it's our baby so um thank you i appreciate you asking me to be part of that oh, of um so uh let's talk a little bit about acting and that's kind of how we oh hello uh that's kind of how we uh kind of bonded is you know we had met at a mutual friend's birthday party and then we just talked about our interest and talk to me about your your acting journey um, from Jersey to LA, back to Jersey, and what are your goals in this industry? You know, what do you want to accomplish, and what do you want to, you know, em- I guess empower uh, yourself with? Definitely. I mean, I started off not in the arts at all. I was sports growing up, wrestling, fourteen years, basketball, baseball, football, and I went to business school. Um, my first year there, didn't like it. Yeah. I had a, a friend there, a mutual connect. He was in the acting program. That was his major. 
and we had a conversation. I found out that I could do this as my major, and I was like, oh, I'm in. So I felt I had to catch up on some people that have been doing this their whole lives and stuff. So I went to this acting conservatory program in New York, AMDA, did two years there. And then after that, I tried moving out to LA and just starting like, I'm an actor. I yeah. could do this. I don't need no more school. I did two years and I crashed and burned. Yeah. I absolutely crashed and burned. Uh, I won't get into details. I ended up in a jail cell in Calabasas. My parents ended up flying out there on a completely I did not unrelated know this, charge. I like, did not know this. I might yeah. have to have that. I might have to hear the ex yeah. explicit yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole, <laughs> uh, a whole unrelated incident. My parents flew out. Um, we had a hard conversation face to face. I came back to Jersey, yeah. um, basically got my life together. And that's when I started going back to school for acting in New York. And I was going to HB Studios and the acting studio taking Meisner classes while I was also working a graveyard shift down on Mott Street. I was a doorman, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., five days a week. Was it, what, what were you doing there? I was just a doorman in an apartment building, and I would just sit right there, and the people would walk in, and I'd be like, yep, and that, that was it. Yeah. And like I said, 2, 3 a.m. rolled around. No one, it's, it's a ghost town. Yeah. So I'm watching Game of Thrones, and that's when I watched the entire Game of Thrones series, like when <laughs> gotcha. I was a doorman at night. But then, yeah, I would just go to class at like 10 a.m. when I got off work. Spring semester came around. I was like, nah, I got to get back into like a degree program or something, make more connections, keep networking. So I went to the new school in New York for a semester and it felt too much like business school. I yeah. was like, oh no, I'm in a classroom again. I'm not really acting. I'm like, I'm missing it. So then, yeah, I ended up going back to AMDA, but I had to go to their LA campus, finished my last two years, got my bachelor's degree. And then I just, dude, I love acting school. I ended up going into the Groundlings program. I was working my way through their intermediate improv until the lockdown happened. Right. And I was still working on the side, like TurboTax commercial here, uh, small short film here, just resume building, real building. And now I've really realized that the industry is like a lot of other industries. People think, oh, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to make it. It's, it's like real quick. No, no, no. Every industry is a career in, and it's a marathon. It's a long-term thing. The average age for success in most industries is in your 40s. So if you're starting it now, just, just think of it as like consistent progress and don't just take everything as a lesson. There's no failures right now. It's way too early in the game to declare anything a success or a failure. So I'm just like, what do I like about the industry? I like storytelling. I like that I could relate to people. I like that I could help people see the world from a different perspective. Do I like selling my soul out in a sense? Do I like being <laughs> right. that prostitute of like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever, be whatever. Oh, you're going to cast me. Please cast me. Please, please, please. Right. No, no, I'm not like that. That's not what I'm about. And it's going to take a little bit longer to find success. But if I can make just one movie in my career that it's like, that is an Academy Award movie. That yeah. is an amazing performance. That deserves to last the test of time. That's all I need. I could do it in my 30s, in my 40s. In my, I'm, I'm 27. Yeah. If I, if I find that movie at 30, I don't know where my life goes from there. So I'm, I'm really enjoying the journey of acting and remaining a student of the craft. Like I said, I love going to school. So when stuff really starts to go full swing again, because we're on strike right now, yeah. um, I definitely want to keep staying engaged in classes auditioning for passion projects indie projects like i'm about the story i'm not really about the 
the studios. No doubt, no doubt. And like storytelling, <laughs> like that's really what Goat Media is all about. I think yeah. you know this this company was built for so that everybody could tell their story. And I, I let everybody know whenever they're coming on here, like there is going to be on Goat Media very dissenting opinions from guests that I have. That's the whole point. You know, um, we are supposed to have different opinions. We are supposed to talk um, from different sides of the fence sometimes and find a common ground if we can or realize, hey, like we're not going to find a common ground, but we can respectfully have a conversation. So um, that's one thing that's beautiful about the art, specifically acting, is I will never know the experience of somebody that lives in Asia or Africa or even in a different neighborhood here in Detroit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So seeing that on the screen and especially as an actor, we we're learning when we're when we get a role, right? We have to learn about who this person is. And then not only do we have to learn, we have to teach. We have to teach you who it is through the performance. So, um, nah, man, it's awesome. So I, I try to ask all the actors I have in here, um, what's your dream role uh, for a series or for um, a movie, either or? And it's funny. This is usually like a like a standard question acting class to like, yeah. who is your ideal career? Like what, what actor your do ideal you career? compare yourself? I like that. I like but that, yeah, but it, one role. That's why I'm trying to get down to the specific. And it's like the one movie I would really like to do, or I, I would have liked to have done. Yeah. It's probably Whiplash. Whiplash. Haven't Whiplash. seen Whiplash. It. So it, it's Miles Teller, his oh, role specifically. Okay. He plays this drummer um, in one of the most prestigious like music schools in the country. And he gets into like an advanced class and the teacher of the advanced class is a very, very like abusive, verbal abusive like teacher to the point that he's had students in the past commit suicide. Wow. And you see this student, this drummer, he wants to be the best. There's no excuses in his head. Like he, everything that could go wrong at times goes wrong and he's still like bloody crying I'm, I'm here to play the drums like and i'm like damn bro that is such an inspiring film to me and that's really all i try and do with my art is just like inspire and i'm like that and and that wasn't a cat like he the movie was nominated should have won in my opinion but yeah it was nominated for best picture at the oscars and yeah now whiplash i'm gonna have to see that and miles teller is a good example of somebody um who he has a he has a distinct um he has a distinct take on things in that he is unrecognizable sometimes, oh, you yeah. know? Um, talk to me a little bit about, like, something that you, maybe uh, somebody off rip who, who knows you doesn't think you can do what you want the challenge of in terms of uh, an acting gig. Someone that knows me? Yeah, so, like, for me, like, <laughs> I would say someone that knows me probably doesn't think I could play um, a doctor, all right? Okay, okay. Because I'm okay. not a science guy. But I would love the opportunity to be able to prove that. So, like, there's a small example. See, that's uh, it's funny because what everyone thinks I wouldn't do is usually think I get cast as the most. And that's a cop. And <laughs> a it's cop? like, oh, right. Yeah, most people are like, Yo, you're not a cop. Like, you're not, I always get cast <laughs> as a cop. Like, freaking. Yeah. But I, I would say that's the one that I always get cast as. The one thing that I would say is probably, in my perspective, the most challenging for me to go there would probably be like like a like a rom com like yeah. that lovable like like simp almost right. like yeah. and like he doesn't know how to be me guys he doesn't know <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing no, no, no. it's it's hard to be you sometimes and it's like everyone's got a little simp in them but yeah. it's like it's easy to go somewhere that you're not it's like oh I can act mean if I'm not usually mean cuz right. like that's not me but it's like be you right now. And it's like, I don't, 
I'm, I am me. Like, what do you mean? Like, how do <laughs> right. I be? It's like, I don't believe you. I don't believe that that's you. Like, right. all right. Okay. Bet. That's but, yeah. So we're talking about simps. Some people talk, call, uh, call your boy Drake a simp. Do you, would you consider Drake a simp? Drake, Drake's a businessman. What are you right. talking about? <laughs> He's a businessman in all, in all areas. Yeah. So, so Drake uh, is somebody that I know that you uh, 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 hold to the highest esteem. Um, Tell me, uh, tell me if there's anybody else close to you in the GOAT debate. In the GOAT debate? You were talking all time, not this generation, right? Yeah. All time? Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is definitely a GOAT in so many regards. One, there is no Drake without Lil Wayne. So, like, by association alone, right there. Ding, ding, ding. And then two... The mixtapes that Lil Wayne did, that run, is it's it's never really been seen before. The way that he was able to go on any one song and make it the, his song, yeah. it, I've never seen nothing like it, man. And that that that's GOAT mentality right there. Like. For sure. And I, I like the point that you make, which is like somebody like a Drake, he's been at his peak forever, but the height of Lil Wayne's peak is probably higher than anyone has ever seen. Yeah. You know, so I like that one. I like that one. Um... Do you want to talk about uh, your Giants or uh, let's are you, do it, are you, man? Dude, if I if I get a chance to talk about my, I got Nick socks on too, man. We know about <laughs> oh that. Oh my god, I'm, I'm here to Make talk sure, sports. Hey, show, show those Nick socks again. Yeah, hey, G, yeah. is that in the frame? Can they see the socks? <laughs> All right, cool. They can see the socks. Uh, <laughs> so, um, now, no Giants. Well, give I'm me, ready. give me, give me how many? And this is without just dissecting the schedule. Give me how many wins do the Giants get this year and just tell me, like, is Daniel Jones, like, a good quarterback or what? You tell me. I don't know. I'm going to tell you right now, the Giants should. No injuries. God forbid nothing. We get God 10 forbid. wins. We get 10 wins this season. 10 win season. Daniel Jones will be a top 10 quarterback after this season. Oh. Undeniable. Oh, you hear that, folks? I'm, I'm, I'm declaring it. I'm putting it out there because, one, two— He's a dual threat. Yep. There's not a lot of quarterbacks that have the ability physically to do what he is able to do. Daniel Jones, you can hear from everybody. I'm not going to harp on it too much. Never had a fair shot. No offensive line. No weapons. This year. No continuity. He's the, got it. Yeah, in the, in the coaching room. Yeah. He's, got, he got, he's got a coach of the year behind him. Yeah. He's got Darren Waller coming in. Offensive line, we're shaping up. Andrew Thomas, Got big money for a reason. Evan Neal, I have faith. And we just, we drafted my boy JMS. Big center out of Minnesota, I believe. Yeah. He's looking good. Okay, so 10 wins. Now, I want to get your prediction on the Lions. Now, I know you've been paying a little bit of attention to the Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah. And over here, a lot of people sip the Kool-Aid. This is my, my, these are like my brothers and I'm obsessed with the Lions. I'm just the type where I'm skeptical. I believe in them. God did. I did. I believe in but I, I'm skeptical. From the outside looking in, as someone from New York, from New Jersey area, you know football, okay? Mm -hmm. What do you think about the Lions this year? Dude, I, I like the Lions this year, and the reason I really followed them heavy was because we were competing for that wild card spot last year. So I'm like, I needed to know what you and the Seahawks were doing <laughs> right. every week. And I think now you have such a good chance to take your division. It's not, I don't even want to worry about you guys in a wild card kind of thing because yeah. Rodgers is gone. The Vikings, they seem to be in this weird phase of, like, yeah. Cook's gone. Kirk Cousins is, like, consistently okay. Yeah. Justin Jefferson wants to be a star, and it's like, go go deal with that circus. And I, I don't believe in the Bears. The Bears is where I'll be skeptical. Yeah. The Lions, 
you could take your division this year. Yeah. And like, yeah, that that's where I feel you guys are at. I'm I'm hoping so. I think like I think it's gonna be like a, a, a mediocre division along the board. I hope that Detroit can win eleven or twelve games. That's uh, I think my my over under, I don't know what the exact over under is. I wouldn't take the over for eleven and a half for sure. I'd have a hard time taking the over at ten and a half. But I think ten game ten wins should be a lock this year. Yeah, and guys. like nothing's guaranteed. And at the end of the day, it comes down to coaching a lot. True. And the Lions and the Giants coach has massive cojones, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, because I know. they'll go for it on fourth <laughs> and fifty nine. That's true. Every time. That's true. <laughs> and I love it. That's I love true. it. It's football. That's how we beat Tennessee. That's, that's what we do. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, Jalen Hyatt, man, you brought him up yesterday. I think he's the most underrated player in that draft. And, and we have a Hendon Hooker here in Detroit. So that connection from Tennessee, I really think he's super underrated. And um, I yeah. might, if I end up getting in that dynasty league, I'm going to be. <laughs> you, saw, you saw how fast he is? Yeah, yeah. He's got wheels, bro. He, he clocked in faster than Tariq Hill in practice. He is officially Are you the fastest player in the NFL right now. He came at wow. 24 miles per hour. Yo, that's wild. There's a new cheetah in New York. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Um, all right. Uh, what about the Knicks, man? You talked about them, man. Dude, what's the What's the plan for the Knicks, man? I'm I'm hyped on the Knicks. Oh, it's going off. The counter's going off. Let's it's going go crazy. Let's go. <laughs> just got I a little so. yeah. yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Let me get a, Let me get one of those real quick, man. Appreciate but, um, it. I really, really do. I really, really do. The Knicks. The Knicks are, dude. It's gonna come down to one man this year. Yeah. And no one is saying his name enough. And that is Tom Thibodeau. Ooh, Tibbs. Tibbs has all the resources he needs. He has a good, good, very good point guard. Yes. Jalen Brunson, one of the best in the East, hands down. You have a two-time all-NBA player in Julius Randle, one of the only players in the league to average 20, 10, and 6. Yeah. It's something special. Use him correctly, please. Don't don't let him be your main ball facilitator and stuff. R.J. Barrett, sky's the limit. Emmanuel, how old quickly, is he again? Twenty-three. Okay. Quickly and R.J. both twenty-three years old. Like yeah. I know I'm sounding like the Pistons that we got a young <laughs> core that's gonna last the test of time. But like Grimes too. Yeah. I love Quentin Grimes. He's starting since his rookie year. Mitch Robinson, seven footer. Every team needs one. Like the pieces are there. Tom Thibodeau. Please just do the right thing. Like, please, like, don't play our guys forty minutes a game right. in December. When, ugh, like, yeah. good luck to the Knicks, man. I gotta get to the Garden, man. Is it is it as special as they say? Oh yeah, I was there when we when we beat Miami and electric, like one of the best, if not the best, sporting events. Yeah, I have ever been to in my life. That's like, dope. How, how was the Drake concert there? The Drake concert was sick. I was yeah. on the floor down there, and I'm throwing fucking business cards yeah. at Drake when he's walking <laughs> through the crowd and stuff. But nah, dude, that was that was a surreal experience. I saw I saw Bad Bunny at Yankee Stadium last year on the floor. So this year, Drake and MSG. Uh, maybe like next year, I see yeah. Young Thug at MetLife on the floor. Like. Yeah, right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how, um, and you've lived in both places. Um, I would say like the New York, New York, excuse me, New York, New Jersey metropolitan area versus the LA area. What is like the biggest differences? What are the biggest differences in your opinion between, between I guess, East Coast and West Coast? Uh, the biggest one off the top is like walkability. Yeah. I, I, I when I'm in New York, cause I, I live 10 minutes outside the city. So when I just go into the city, I take a quick bus, quick train, dude, I walk everywhere, like, yeah. or I'll city bike real quick anywhere. LA, that's, that's not a thing. Yeah. I used to work in Santa Monica and I would have to take like the bus and a train from like downtown 
it was two hours both ways. I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's yeah. so I would say that's one. And then two, the weather. Like I hate the cold. I'm not a fan of the winters in New York. I go to LA or Miami when the winters come. Yeah. And yeah, LA, they definitely got it with weather. Yeah. But New York, I mean, I'm sure people hear this all the time. There's such a a genuine raw love there that I don't see it in a lot of places. I'm not gonna sing out LA, but like they'll tell you like to your face, like you're 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 ridiculous. I don't want to curse. I'm like you're, nah, you you're, you're goof. They'll be like, yo, you're a goof right now. You're dressed like a goof kind of thing. Yeah. Just because they care about you that much in LA, you could be dressed like a goof and people be like, you look great. Like, yeah. and I'm like, no, man, right. don't you you care about that person? Tell them how it is. Shoot right. it straight with them. And like, that's what New York is like known for. And people think we're a little too blunt, too too blunt art, a little too whatever. Yeah. But yeah. like, yeah. nah, it's. That's New York. I hear you. The one thing that's really special about both places, um, every time I go, and I've been to New York for a couple um, circumstances, and I can't wait to go back, is both of the, the cities have an energy where you know, like, you could do anything and you could meet any CEO, any casting director, any modeling agency, any pr music producer. Like, that shit happens. And we've seen it. You know, you've seen, I'm sure you've seen numerous celebs <laughs> everywhere, you know, in both cities. And... Those are opportunities to make connections, and it also lets you know that these dreams that seem so unattainable when you live in a suburban environment are actually things that real people have done in this life. And who says that we can't be those people? Absolutely. I saw Spike Jones, a famous director, last week. He directed Jackass. He directed Her. And he was just, like, walking with his brother, like, in the city. And I was with a friend I went to college with. He's really into photography, him and Spike Jones had the same exact film camera, like old school film. Like, and he was just like, hey man, I like your camera. And dude, Spike Jones was like, thank you. Like, yeah. he was so nice. And like, I almost felt like he wanted to carry the conversation on. And we were like, all right, see you later. Like, yeah. bye. And he was like, but the camera. Like, yeah. And yeah, but yeah. no, nah, everyone's just so nice there too. Like, I don't know. That's LA, cool. it's, if I meet, like, I met, I met one of the Paul brothers. Like, that was the first celebrity. I'll never forget it. It was, like, in W Hotel, like, mid-walkway. I think it was Logan Paul. And he, like, just, like, finished filming a YouTube thing. And I'm, like, cutting through there. And I was, like, what's up? What you filming? He was just, like, eh. Like, I was, like, oh. Like, yeah. I don't like L.A. Like, yeah, it was right. my first week there. And, like, but the, they're everywhere. Yeah, they're, no. like, everywhere. I think it's the individual, too. It's not always the, the place. Of course. Yeah, of course. There's, uh, and, you know, there's always, there's always the next star right there's always the next person and like i feel like um sometimes you'll run into somebody who might look at you as um a fan which we all are but um there's sometimes where they say like they give you the respect because they they were in that humble position before so they're never gonna look at you like look down on you as if you're nothing knowing like i've been there you can be here it's all part of life you just gotta grind you know and not stop not quit consistency is key man yeah no kidding bro um what else did you want to talk about while we're here on the show man yeah i mean we brought up consistency i want to talk a little bit about this this law of manifestation that i've oh, been working on trying to help the people man. out a little bit we we had some great conversations about it tell everybody about the law of manifestation so i've been trying to adapt some i guess you can call them like theories ideologies like yeah, so basically there's the law of attraction where it's like if you do positive things, you attract positive things. If you do negative things, you attract negative things. Yeah. And I just wanted to get a little more specific with like a plan of action. I actually put a formula kind of to this thing and, and test it out. 
So I've been developing the law of manifestation, which is like a build on the law of attraction to manifest whatever you want in life. And I believe that there's certain elements that go into it, such as consistency, such as positivity, such as specificity. You need a plan of action. You need to verbalize it. And then you need to output that energy to really attract it back to you. And it all ties into all these different theories and ideas over, over the history of time. But even if I don't stumble upon the exact like correct formula, I hope that I can keep progressing these ideas and someone can kind of pick up where I leave off at the end of the day. And eventually we can make the world somewhat of a better place just because it doesn't have to be so glass half empty. Yeah. It's like if you really want to make something happen, like you put your mind to it, you work really hard, you come with a plan, you collaborate with other people, you get them involved and, and it can happen. You just got to stick with it, man. And, and the main key in my formula right now is time equals rarity. However rare or difficult the thing is you're trying to manifest, that equals how long it's going to take you. So I eventually kind of want to put all this into a book and publish the book. I've already published my poetry book. Um, yes, I did sir. that for my 27th birthday. It's called Who Said Peace Was So Great? And it was more of a thank you to kind of just everybody that had been supporting my art. Because the blunt art took off and not everybody could buy it. It's, it's pretty expensive. And I wanted to give something that everyone had access to. Right. So I got this publishing deal and it's available now on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Walmart.com, Kindle everywhere. Yep, go for check like it 10 out. bucks. Yeah, like, go yeah. check it out. So I have a, I have yeah. my own signed copy, you know. What I'm oh yeah, and I, I brought some to Detroit. <laughs> I'm gonna leave them out, like a little Easter egg kind of thing around the city for people. Oh, but yeah. not, nah, and, and all the poems are different because I understand everyone's different. So I don't think anyone's gonna pick up a book and be like, oh, every single poem resonates with me. That that's never been the case in any poetry book ever. So I'm like, let me make all these poems as different as possible. So hopefully there's one in here for every person. Yeah. And I tell everyone, I'm like, find your poem in the book. It's in there. There's one at least in there for you. And I hope that you keep the poetry book around. So as time goes on and your situation and perspective on the world changes, maybe another poem starts to resonate more. And yeah. that other one, it's like, that was a previous chapter in my life. Now we're moving on to poem 22 or something. Sure. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, we, one thing that's really special about the the argument, I'm sorry, the um, the formula was uh, one of the equations that you had given me, which I yeah. thought was really profound, which is, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your consistency has to be equal to your energy. Yes. Which is so true. If you're trying to do something every day, it's really not going to operate as efficiently if your energy isn't super uptight there. Now, you need both. You know, you can, you can sometimes we might be down and sometimes we might, um, you know, have high energy but not be as consistent. But you're never going to reach max potential if you're not have a great attitude about what you're doing and have a great energy about what you're doing and also putting in the maximum amount of work. This is how you get the best results. And I believe that firmly, um, which is, you know, why I, I definitely wanted to talk about it. So, Dude, 100%. And, like, even, like, walking up here, I, I was typing more about, like, the theory of my phone because it, it hit me, too. I was like, the energy has to equal consistency. It has to be the same. Like, but that energy is directly related to positivity. So it has to be positive energy that you're consistently putting in. Right. And the energy, like we've had this conversation, it's never created or, trans or created or destroyed. You can only transfer energy. 
You eat something, you get energy. You speak, you throw the energy back out. You exercise, energy is really like you can't destroy or create energy. So try and fill yourself with positive energy, positive people, good food. And then you can consistently put out, consistently put out positive energy. Yeah. And yeah. That's dope. Um, I love that, man. Anything else you want to talk about in terms of the formula? The formula? Or anything, um, really. I would say the formula, I would really appreciate if people could test it out. Like, I want you to actually think of something that you would like to manifest. Come with a plan of action that, that you genuinely want or need or something. And come up with a plan of action, verbalize it to people, get real specific with it. The more specific you get, the more specific the universe can be in delivering you what you need or delivering you to who needs you. And just stay with it consistently. Keep that positive energy in the equation and let me know if it works. Because if it doesn't work, that's a success. Right. We're trying to test these formulas until they fail so we can keep adjusting them and getting closer and closer to the actual answer. No doubt. No doubt, man. No doubt. So um, anything else you want before we, uh, before I think we're about that time? What are we yeah. at, G? Perfect. Nice. All right, cool. So um, we have a little bit more time. Anything else you want to talk about before we uh, take off? I was just going to say uh, my main reason for like art, that's really what I want to dive yeah, into right now. Yeah, talk about your purpose, my boy. It's like art. I'm trying to start up what's known as an artistic revolution. And if you go back in time, there was the Renaissance period when art kind of took the forefront of society. In society today, um, you may agree, disagree, I think there's a disconnect. I don't know what creates the disconnect, whether it's social media, AI, even the lockdown back, I don't know. But like, I don't think people go face to face. They don't engage person to person as much anymore. And I think art could be the solution to this problem. What art does, it allows people to show a side of themselves or express something that they may have difficulty verbalizing or just putting into a dialogue, words, conversation, so I put it in a painting or I put it in a song or I put it in a movie in hopes that someone could understand where I'm coming from and empathize with me. But we've kind of taken that out of like the day-to-day -day life. Art is now a job. Art is how can we make money? I don't, this is my business. Art isn't my, my goal. I'm here to sell benches or whatever. So if I'm selling benches, I'm gonna make the most benches that are going to last the longest for the least amount of money because that's good business. And like, yeah, but if you really want to bring people together and stop this disconnect, you need someone that really cares about benches. And they're like, this is a good bench. And they see the art in the bench. I think everyone's an artist. There's so many people that are like, I don't sing. I don't draw. I'm not an artist. I don't care if you work in a cubicle and you make dashboards. That was something that you visioned. You thought about that dashboard before you created it. That's art. Your bartender, art. I don't even got to tell those people. They know it. So if you go back to a bench person, they're making a bench for a park. If you just have the cheap, simple bench park thing, people are going to look right past that. They're going to graffiti it. They're going to try and make it into art because it's so bland <laughs> and stuff. If you have someone that genuinely knows benches, they know that park and they know how to complement the two, they're gonna make a bench that allows other people to see the beauty of that park. They're gonna show their perspective of that park through their work. 
thus connecting the community. And that's really something I'm trying to make like the forefront of my next Von Gala also. Yeah. We're gonna try and raise awareness and raise some funds for people that have been wrongfully incarcerated to marijuana. And we're also gonna try and inspire people to lean into those artistic urges. Just don't dismiss them. I don't want no one to quit their job yeah. and like stop making benches and start painting. Like, no, no, no. Keep doing what you're doing. But just don't be afraid to put a little bit of you in your work because that is the art. That's all it is. People are like, I'm not, no, no, no. Putting you in what you do, that's the art. Amen, brother. I couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so that's the the main reason that we vibe is because we realize that we're both individualistic artists, but we bond through sharing the story through the, the artwork. And um, you make a great point. I think that New York City and New Jersey, the, the culture there is the best place for you. Do you, do you plan on staying there for a while? Uh, so that's always home base. Like Detroit's your home base. Yep. Um, I'm, Can't I, get away from it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell people I, I live in Miami now just because like that's my space. Yeah. But my art studio's still in Jersey right outside the city. I mostly work in the city with different collaborations, different businesses. Most of my art is hung up in galleries in New York. And then I, I still like the vacation in L.A. So I'm like, that's a little that's a little spot 100%. that you find me at, too. Yeah, LA, L.A. will always be be home for me, too. And as, as scarce as I try to make it out there, which all my L.A. friends, man, I'm sorry. I've been meaning to get out there, um, which I will. I will by the end of the year for sure, if not once or twice. Um but there's just something there's something special about home base. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad everything is going going good, man. Anything else before we take off? You trying to get a freestyling? Oh man, <laughs> it ain't gonna be a freestyle for me. But uh, yeah, uh, G, uh, you want to grab your headphones just so you yeah. can hear the beat? Um, give uh, give RJ some hypnotized, man. I know he's he knows a little biggie. Oh man, we don't have that one. We don't. <laughs> we don't got that. We don't one. got that one. What do we got? All right, give him. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you could do anything with that, but play nice for what? Let's see. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. You saw that Drake freestyle? He's uh, like, like gra, gra, <laughs> like gra. I swear, whenever Drake uh, freestyles, he turns into seven different people. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Combination. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm turned up. Detroit, turn me up. Let's go. As the Drizzy says, murder on the beat. Murder on the. Come on. What's up? I just wanted to drop. I want to drop. Here we go. I'm not going to wait for the drop because I sip it when it's hot. Talk about the tea. You know me, RJ, in these streets. I do a meet and greet with my boy Dom. You already know. Lions jersey. That boy good in jersey. Yeah. Holla at us, me and Pierre. Coming over here. Yes, Dier. I already know I rock Dior. Coming over here. I need a comb for my curl. Coming over here. Yeah, I am your world. Holla at your girl. Oh, boy, I'm about to hurt. I get real sick when I get romantic. Talk yeah. about me, boy. No, it's not static. This is chemistry. What what you know about this energy? What you know about these threes? What you know about me? I just told you everything, it's on my sleeve. Talking tatted up, baby girl, I'm batted up. By the hit dingers, no bunts, I smoke blunts. Big token, you already know I'm not joking. Coming over here, no, I'm not dead, I'm not croaking. Boy, I'm so stoked up. Yeah, I do this shit like old men up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yo, that shit was wild. Yo, yo. Give me a round of applause, man.
Yeah, That's give him a round of applause, man. One take Drake. Yeah, one take Drake. Yo, that was sick, man. I always say, man, freestyling is a skill, a skill I don't have, so I admire it. I love it when someone can drop drop some fucking heat appreciate out of nowhere. It. I really do appreciate it, for real, though. Uh, that was fun. That was, that was fun, a great man. time. Yeah, man. <laughs> thank you so much for coming through Detroit. Um, thank you for stopping by the show. Um, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for extending your hand to me and um, sharing my network, sharing your network with your boy. Um, it's meant a lot, man. It's been a lot. And uh, it's a it's a great, you know, manifestation for oh, you yeah. to be here. Um, and, you know, many, 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 many more to come. You know, I want to do one. I want to do a, a show a year with you. Absolutely. So man. every year, maybe next year I'll come to Jersey. Um, or you know, Manhattan, we'll do something. Yeah, maybe we go to Miami. You know, oh, we do one on the beach not, like that. <laughs> now you're talking tough. I can't wait for that. Um, appreciate you coming through. Anything else you want to plug before we take off? Yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to tap in, just RJ knows best. Follow me on everything. Yep, follow the boy on everything. And other than that, I guess all I can say is we'll see it.